Welcome back to Health Call Live, where health information is free and the stethoscope is never cold. We're here to answer your questions at 447-1190. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. So I know you know that millions of Americans start each day with pain from arthritis. You know, kind of like a cup of coffee each morning, anti-inflammatory painkillers, just kind of part of the daily routine for lots and lots of people. Well, Dr. Vijay Vad is on a mission to convince all of us, and those suffering from arthritis in particular, that pro- prolonged use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, the NSAIDs you hear about, putting all of us at severe health risk. He wants you to know the choices you make at the supermarket and in the kitchen can be very effective in fighting the pain of osteoarthritis, letting you get on with life, and just use the NSAIDs every now and again, just, just infrequently. Now, Dr. Vad is a physiatrist. He's the author of several books on arthritis, and you may have seen his PBS special on arthritis. I discovered him through a TED Talk presentation where he said that patients aren't getting the full picture on all of this because doctors have become too dependent on the prescription pad. Like when Eisenhower left office, he said we were the military industrial complex. I think there's there's also been this pharmaceutical physician complex and you have to always think outside the box and not be boxed in by the powerful pharmaceutical forces around us. So, and by that I mean, you know, you know, I unfortunately paid a big personal price because my grandmother died from reckless anti-inflammatory prescriptions given by her physician when I was 16 years old from a bleeding ulcer. So I learned firsthand, don't be married to the prescription pad and take it out every chance you get. Because the reality is every time we write an anti-inflammatory prescription in spurts, it's okay. Every once in a while, it's okay. But long, long term, given months in, months out, years in, years out, we're causing more harm than good. And those anti-inflammatories can cause increased risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, peptic ulcer disease, kidney damage, and death from bleeding ulcers. What are some of the drugs that we're talking about there? Can you just call them out by name so patients might recognize them? So the drugs we know, you know, Celebrex, Advil, Aleve, uh, I mean, those are the ones that come to my mind. Even if they're over the counter, they can do the same thing if with increased risk of heart disease and blood pressure and and what have you. Yeah, so so many patients just depend on those drugs to get through the day. If I'm not using those, what alternatives do I have? So so not only Advil, Aleve, and anti-inflammatories can cause kidney damage and high blood pressure, even Tylenol. We really lowered down the numbers for Tylenol because it can cause liver toxicity. So I think what I call integrative options, which is omega-3 fatty acids, a diet rich in omega-3 fatty acids, uh, or just taking omega-3 fatty acids, whether it's from flaxseed oil or fish oil, curcumin, which is from turmeric. Uh, those are all integrated natural options that are in the first do no harm. And last but not the least, if you combine with, with a good diet, uh, it can have a synergistic profound impact on reducing pain and arthritis and enhancing mobility. Well, you know, I always tell Cornell Medical students who rotate with me every week, you know, don't treat the MRI or X-ray. Treat the patients, and structure doesn't correlate function. So you can have bone-on-bone arthritis and still 
minimize a lot of that pain. Of course, it's multifactorial. I mean, if you're very obese and have bone-on-bone -bone arthritis, then all those strategies may not succeed. But if you keep your weight down and incorporate some of the integrated strategies, despite bone-on-bone, -bone, you could lead a pretty active life. Boy, you just hit on an important topic there. We're all struggling to get our weight under control. So much more difficult as we age. I know you're big on the issue of insulin resistance. Can you help people understand that concept? And then we'll talk about what you can do regarding that. Yeah, so, you know, when we talk about weight, so it's four to one. So for every one pound, you put four pounds per square inch on hip or knee. But that also means for every one pound you lose, you're decreasing four pounds per square inch on, on the knee and the hip, you know, the physics of it. So basically, the whole diet where, you know, I mean, first of all, the whole three meals a day and eat breakfast like a king, I think those were valid points when we were farmers. But unless you're working eight or ten hours of manual labor a day, one of the worst things you can do is start the day out with a heavy breakfast. Because what that will do is it will release a ton of insulin into your bloodstream for the rest of the day. So whatever you put into your mouth the rest of the day, it will want to get absorbed by the body, causing weight gain. So the less the insulin levels, the less the weight gain. So if, for example, if you are on a 2,000-calorie diet a day, and I am also... I eat the wrong food and eat too much of it early in the morning, I may gain weight, and you, with a biased diet of 2,000 calories, where you decrease insulin resistance, you may keep your weight the same or even lose weight. Oh, so let's, uh, let's walk down the road of eat this, not that. Uh, so, uh, I know you're going to tell me stay away from processed foods. So, explain to me what what is a processed food? How do I spot that in the supermarket? I mean, in general, the raw the food, the less processed the food, in general, the better it is for your body, right? So, for example, if I drink coffee in the morning, that's half milk. All right, let's say half and half with two spoons of sugar, and then I eat one donut, and that's my breakfast. Versus Lee, who drinks black coffee and has a bowl full of blueberries. Let's say even calorie-wise, both are same. But in my case, my insulin levels will jack up and remain there for the rest of the day. In your case, insulin levels will remain low, and thus... Any food you eat afterwards during the day, it won't just come right into your tissue and add body weight. Oh, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. So closer to the earth, closer to nature, closer to a whole food, the better off I'm going to be. As a general rule, yes. Having said that, I think there are exceptions to every rule. So even though cow's milk is not processed, it's, if you call it natural. I mean, milk is one of the worst causes of insulin resistance. I mean, it is a sugar load on your body. The milk, for example, we give hypoglycemic patients either oranges or, or even worse, better is milk. 
it jacks up your blood sugar, skyrockets, and then out comes insulin to try to normalize that blood sugar. So, um, so yes, for the most part, you know what I call different berry, you know berries, green vegetables, lentils, um, and if you're going to do sort of carbs, maybe more from things like black rice. I don't know if you've heard of any of these terms. Quinoa is a hot topic, but that's much better than white processed rice or just full green. That is Dr. Vijay Vad. He's an author and arthritis researcher. Kind of surprised to hear him talk about milk like that. I didn't really get that before this. You know, and a quick note on black rice he just mentioned there. Black rice gets its kind of purpley black color from something called anthocyanin. It's a very potent antioxidant. You can uh, use this stuff in just general cooking. It's got kind of a little bit of a chewy texture, kind of a nutty flavor, makes it a little more interesting. A little more expensive than white or brown rice, but but, uh, you know, listen, there the doc is saying, give it a try. If you know someone who suffers from arthritis, well, can you really make all that much difference just by changing diet and lifestyle? I asked the doc about that. said, hey, give me a success story here. And he's got one to share, plus a surgical procedure he's developed that he says can really bring pain relief and possibly avoid a knee implant. We have all that coming up for you next on the Health Co. Live Radio Hour on WoWo. You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And we are back uh, with our look at alternatives to traditional arthritis pain relief with a focus on anti-inflammatory foods and then some supplements recommended by Dr. Vijay Vad. He's the author of several books on arthritis relief. He's also developed what he says is a pretty simple 15-minute surgical procedure that offers substantial relief for knee pain that is pending clearance by the FDA. You're going to hear about that in just a moment. But first, listen to his answer as I challenged him to share a success story. I said, tell me about a patient who put all of your advice to work and how it worked for that guy. Well, I mean, probably the biggest success story I can tell you is I had a patient who was determined to not get his knee replaced. And he, he was maybe 20, 25 pounds overweight. Um, you know, loved his steak, loved his ice cream. And so the and, you know, he's kind of the textbook example of integrative options that really work. And he was popping Advil's, overweight, bad diet. And ironically, he also developed premature coronary artery disease at the age of 54. So when he got that news and the knee, he said, look, I'm going to become a vegan. Now, that's just the extreme end of radical diet changes, you know. And again, by vegan, I mean he was taking in complex greens. He was taking in oatmeal and quinoa and black rice as opposed to processed pasta or, or white bread. Um, lots of berries and green vegetables um, and a lot of olive oil, which is very rich in something called oleocanthal, which has natural anti-inflammatory properties. Um, um, and he was also pretty vitamin D deficient. So he 
also started taking high levels of curcumin and vitamin D to normalize vitamin D because that's important to keep the bone strong in our arthritic joint. And, you know, the deal I made with him is once a month, you could eat a steak once a month. It's not going to, you got to live life a little bit, you know. And once a month, you could have your ice cream. And, you know, in, in six months, he lost his weight. He was walking four to five miles a day. The knee was, wasn't bothering him at all. And his cardiologist called me and said, you did a fantastic job. And then I said to the cardiologist, no, you did a fantastic job. You just scared him that he's going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> so that's that's one of those great stories that where the person took the power in his own hand and made things happen. Yeah, that's a great story indeed. So uh, you pay a lot of attention to what's going on in arthritis research. Look out into the future and tell me, what, what kind of a breakthrough do you see coming? Is there something on the horizon that's really exciting? Well, hopefully that's one of the technologies I'm developing that's going through the FDA right now. And the clinical trials uh, will soon be published, but it's a procedure called carboplasty. It's a 15-minute outpatient procedure where we take stem cells from your own bone marrow and we inject them where the bone and the cartilage meet. And um, so far in our 30 knee, the results have been very, very promising and it has a potential, a simple 15-minute procedure of getting rid of dependence on partial and total knee replacement. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, I, your, your audio broke up a little bit there, so I want to go back and revisit that. So you're harvesting bone marrow, you're harvesting bone marrow and expressing the stem cells from that? Yeah, we're not even harvesting it. It's just point of service. We're taking the bone marrow out and we're injecting it where the bone and the cartilage meet. It's a 15-minute procedure from start to finish. Wow. Outpatient, no downtime, no hospitalization. We've done over 1,000 of these carboplasty cases in five countries so far. No blood clots, no infection, and no deaths. And we're going right now to the FDA process here to get it commercialized, but it has a potential to markedly decrease depend uh, dependence on partial and total needs. You know, it's, it's in the spirit of what I've been developing. It's cheap, it's effective, little to no downtime, and so far, no real morbidities or mortalities. So how is that different than the restorative rejuvenative therapies using stem cells? You're just taking the bone marrow and, and not processing it, just extracting it and injecting it into sites? Yeah, but the key is we're not injecting it just into the joint. We're injecting it where I think the crime happens. That leads to loss of cartilage. We're injecting it at what we call the bone cartilage interface. That's where the bone is feeding nutrition to the cartilage. And when alterations occur in that bone cartilage interface, that leads to lack of nutrition to the cartilage is when we start seeing development of arthritis. I mean, it's based on that hypothesis. Hmm. And so far, the results have been absolutely spectacular in a two-on clinical trial that we hope will be published in the fall. And we hope sometime in 2023, fall or 2024, this, this technology will be commercialized. That is very interesting. So you're causing the cartilage to regrow in that joint? Well, we have been able to regrow the cartilage in the younger people, not in the older people using your own bone marrow. But the pain relief is pretty powerful, whether you are able to grow the cartilage or not. And it's really all about the, it's all about the pain relief, really, at the end of the day.
And hopefully down the road, we'll bring in better cells to play and may really grow the cartilage. So I'm very excited about what the future holds are these minimally invasive biologic therapies that could reduce dependence on expensive joint replacements and get rid of the morbidity like infections, blood clots, and obviously there's mortality associated with joint replacements. You could die from blood clots. Yeah, sure. That, I, I get it. That's a, That would be a huge step forward. Hey, before I let you go, I always like to ask guys like you who are out there on the leading edge of things, how do you live differently than maybe me or the rest of us? You've seen so much, you know so much. What's different in your life? I take curcumin and vitamin D3 every single day. Um, I mean, I take a little bit of resveratrol because it's supposed to prevent telomere shortening, which is mm -hmm. another whole anti-aging topic. But I think to me, whether it's insulin resistance or reducing telomere shortening or reducing risk of degeneration of the brain, is I do 50, anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes on a Stairmaster every single morning. And to me, that's the best medication for me personally. And I think 20 to 30 minutes of aerobic exercise daily is probably the best medication we can dispense. So that is Dr. Vijay Vad. He is an MD, a physiatrist, and a noted arthritis researcher. So just a, a quick note here about curcumin he mentioned, since he says he takes that regularly. It is naturally found in a plant. It's a relative of ginger. That plant is called turmeric. But you just can't eat enough turmeric to get a valuable amount of curcumin into your system. So curcumin is the extract out of turmeric, and that's how you get the best results. It is a, a polyphenol, so it's shown to reduce oxidative stress, and it helps with a variety of inflammatory conditions, metabolic syndrome, high cholesterol. There's some evidence that it may even be help preventative against Alzheimer's and dementia. So lots of interest growing in curcumin. And it it seems to be regulating something called NF-kappa-B, which is it's a cytokine, an inflammatory cytokine. He's just a bad actor associated with lots of different health problems. So curcumin seems to hold that NF-kappa-B in check. The problem with curcumin is that it's not very easily absorbed by the body. So you've got to look for a version that contains something called piperine or biopurine. That's a black, pe black pepper extract that helps improve your body's uptake of curcumin, something like 2,000%, I think I read in one study. If you're looking for blood thinner help, curcumin is a blood thinner as well, but you need to be very careful about that if you're taking other blood thinners. So don't just go crazy with curcumin without talking to your doctor and letting them know what's going on because the two together can have a synergistic effect with bad outcomes. I trust the products at Fort Wayne Custom RX because, you know, supplements are not regulated. And so you're not really sure what you're getting. Greg Russell at Fort Wayne Custom RX up on DuPont Road, he's very particular about what he puts on the shelf. So you can trust the products that that uh, he has offered you if you're going to be buying curcumin. I also found some independent analysis that gave really good ratings to a curcumin from a brand called Doctor's Best. And you can find that online if you want to find it there. Uh, he also mentioned resveratrol. That is a molecule that's extracted from uh, purple grape skin and other plant 
extract. It showed some significant health benefits, uh, and uh, it's part of Dr. David Sinclair's anti-aging protocol. So, resveratrol, curcumin, and you know, he says 20 to 30 minutes of aerobic exercise a day. Man. Can't go wrong doing that. So that is Dr. B.J. Vad. The full video interview with him is up on uh, the Health Call website right now. And we've got to run. So we'll see you next week on the Health Call Live Radio Hour. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.